Let's do this. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, with the holidays upon us, the schedules for everybody are kind of all over the place. So the episodes this week are going to be a little bit more relaxed and casual. So you're not going to get the full conversations and everybody's opinions on the topics that we're going to discuss, but it does give me an opportunity to kind of go over a little bit more thoroughly some of the basics that I think are important when you decide to have these kinds of conversations. If you're going to sit down and go over you know, things that you think are social issues or political issues or even just personal issues, even when you're just trying to read a book and, you know, soak up the knowledge, things that we basically do in our day-to-day life that I think that we kind of take for granted. Um, and part of it, I think, is some of the things that we've kind of lost touch with, which is why we end up having a lot of those social or political issues in the first place. Um, but before we get into all of that, One of the things that I wanted to talk about, which I just think is kind of cool, we're still a small podcast. We're tiny. We're (laughs) itty-bitty. Almost non-existent. We just happen to be here making a little bit of noise. We are coast-to-coast here in the United States. We've got listeners in Florida. We've got listeners in California, so that's kind of cool. Colorado and Texas are still winning. Uh, We have the most (laughs) listeners out of Colorado and Texas. But an interesting fact is that we have listeners in Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So we might be small, but we're coast to coast and worldwide. It's one thing to know that in today's age of technology that you can put your voice out there and send it all over the world. And then it's another thing to actually experiencing it happening. Um, Because, you know, you go through that imposter syndrome of should my voice be this loud? And I personally don't think that mine should. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I like (laughs) doing this as a group. Um, I like getting other people's opinions and views on the topics that we discuss But I do think that I do a fairly good job of being able to navigate these topics. So I like to be part of the discussion. That's like when I uh, I had a conversation about, would you want to be president? No, no, I I don't want to be in charge of the world. I want to be just (laughs) to the side. I want to have the ear of the person in power so that way I can have the outside like perspective to be. Because I think when you're directly involved, you get blinded a little bit. You know, it, it, the, the lines start to get blurred and then, you know, ego gets involved. And yeah. I, I'd rather stay just a little off to the side so that way, you know, I, I can see the, the bigger picture of everything. But it's also why we want to try and have as much audience participation as possible in the show. And so we we want to grow. We want to get it even further and That's see what I'm most excited about more countries. Yeah, World domination. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear back from people. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, one thing. To, it's that's one thing, thing to hear our viewers out there, but to hear back from them, that's going to be a lot of yes. Fun. Um, so it, very easy. If you just go into Google and type in downright dialectical, we're going to be the first thing to pop up on several occasions. Um, I think we make like the top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and number five. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is four? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. But number five is our actual website, and then oh. the first three is like our social media and. Um, or Buzzsprout. Yeah. Can I say that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind. They're, they're the one hosting the podcast. So sweet. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of important for everything that we do. So yeah, if you, if you just go to Google and type in downright dialectical, you can find everything that we're involved with. Um, but we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are trying to get better at doing the, the, the socials, um, as extroverted as I am. And as much as I love sitting down and having conversations, I am horrible about just posting things on social media. So we're, we're trying to get better at that. But the easiest way, if you want to, you know, let us know what you think about the show or if you want to try and discuss some of the topics that we go over, 
The easiest way is going to be to email us at mattchat at downrightdialetical.com. That's M-A-T-T-C-H-A-T at downrightdialetical.com. You know, like I said, we want to have as much audience participation as possible because, again, I'm not egotistical enough to think that I have the most important voice. I want this to be a discussion. I want as many views as possible so that people can see that just because you get a, a large number of views on a subject, you might have small differences between those views, but you're not going to have great chasms of differences. If you look from one end of the spectrum to the other, you can be like, wow, the difference in opinions is massive. But if you look at the gradient, it's not that bad. And, and it's not even that large of a gradient because large groups of these people are all going to be on the same level. So, yeah, it, it, it is very incremental. And it's an interesting example or way for people to be able to hear differing opinions and be like, you know what? Not that bad. We would definitely like to be able to get as many people involved as possible. Like I said, if you email us or you started, you know, join the discussion on Facebook, we're going to talk about the things that we like. We're going to talk about the things that we dislike. Um, and we're going to treat them fairly. Uh, at no point are we going to allow, you know, anybody to pick out a comment and just be like, ah, jump on that person. Yeah, I, I don't think that's fair. If somebody says something that we disagree with, then we're just going to try and, you know, have a civil discussion about it because it's the only productive way to actually get anything accomplished. So, yeah, I just thought that that was kind of a cool tidbit. You know, we're slowly spreading like a very, very <laughs> odd disease <laughs> right in your ear hole. Welcome home. <laughs> uh, but for this one, like I said, I want to kind of talk about some of the basics, just give a somewhat of a foundation for the perspectives that I approach things from. And, you know, we, we talked about the the solipsism stuff and kind of where I'm coming from as far as an overall wor worldview and why I think it's important for us to work together. And that's just kind of a the glue that sticks all of that together. But today I wanted to go over philosophy in general, you know, because a lot of the times when you talk about studying philosophy, you always remember, you know, in movies or shows when dads are getting pissed off that their kids are studying philosophy. Oh, you're majoring in philosophy or, you know, the joke. Oh, well, you know, you know, I got a degree in philosophy, so now I work in fast food. I can't <laughs> speak. Yeah, <laughs> I can't speak to getting an actual degree in philosophy. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody what is in their best interest to go and to get a degree in. Just a quick side note, I will say that college is not for everybody. Trade schools are important, and we need more trade people in the country. They make everything work, and they're great-paying jobs. So I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody that they should go and get a major in philosophy. I'm not going to tell anybody that they shouldn't. I will say that you don't have to go to college to dabble in philosophy. I think philosophy, honestly, to me, is something that should be taught to children in elementary and not the deep dives and going into, you know, solipsism and nihilism and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah, not the deep dives. But yeah. philosophy is important because that's where you get your critical thinking skills from. Exactly. And let's be honest, regardless of where you are on the spectrum, you can look around and I think we can all agree that people need more critical thinking skills. Um, <laughs> specifically, when you're using philosophy correctly, you know, when you get into uh, one of the subsets, which is logic, when you look at logic, it's missing. That's where that's primarily where your critical thinking skills come from is, you know, looking at the logical absolutes and be logical syllogisms and avoiding logical fallacies um, and 
So whenever you see something come across CNN or Fox or something like that, you can you can kind of call BS on it and, yeah. and know, hey, maybe I should be a little bit more critical of the information that I'm getting before I think that I now have a solid opinion or justified belief. Because we're going to talk about the difference between an opinion and justified belief. So I think that philosophy is more important than people give it credit for because, like I said, that's where your critical thinking skills come from and it allows you to take in knowledge or information, I should say. It allows you to take in information at a cleaner level so that way you can start from a better you know, foundation rather than, oh, I heard 15 seconds of something on a YouTube video and now I'm an expert. <laughs> that's completely illogical. I think right. we can all agree on that. Like you shouldn't just watch one video, read one article or, you know, one news clip and think, okay, that's my opinion forever. Right. Just cause something sounds nice. Doesn't make it true. Yes. Uh, and we need a, a little bit more uh, skepticism. Yes. Skepticism is incredibly important and philosophy plays a large you know, role in that. The, the whole, just because it sounds true doesn't mean that it is, is pretty much the definition of a logical fallacy. It's something that, you know, sounds convincing until you put it to logic and it fails. And and then that way you know that it is a fallacy. And I I think people don't put enough effort into trying to avoid fallacies. And we're going to talk about some specific logical fallacies on the next episode. So on this one, I just kind of wanted to stay on an overview of philosophy and then talk a little bit about epistemology. Philosophy in general to me provides you with a Swiss army knife of tools for your brain. It's kind of like when you go to Walmart during the holidays right now and you see all those little miniature toolkits and you're like, hey, that could be useful. But then you completely disregard it because maybe it won't be. Um, In this case, it will be useful. Philosophy provides a lot of uh, opportunities for you to improve in your overall life in general. Basically, anything that you're involved with, philosophy can help you get better. it, It allows you to take in information better. It allows you to process information better. It allows you to give information better. Uh, You know, it it enhances your overall critical thinking skills. So whenever it comes time for you to hear something new, you know, let's say, you know, with with the election that just happened, one of the main things that people talked about, all the fake news, like everyone's making shit up. CNN's making shit up. Fox is making shit up. It's all over the place. And so whenever you have an understanding of just basic philosophical ideas, It allows you to look at the information that's coming in and decide whether or not it's genuine, if it's honest, and it can help you find out if it's true. I I think that it's a huge step in actually being able to avoid yourself being susceptible to fake news. Um, There's actually, I'm trying to remember his name, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but David McAfee, I think is his name, but he wrote a book about avoiding fake news. And talking about the logical absolutes and uh, philosophical ideas and everything, basically being able to take something that you're hearing, put it in the form of a logical syllogism and see if it holds up, you know, see if it comes out true or if it comes out as a non sequitur and a non sequitur is just something. It's a conclusion that doesn't follow from the premises. And I guess to explain that a logical syllogism basically is a plus B equals C. So premise one plus premise two equals conclusion. The easy example of this is humans are mortal, right? That's premise one. Premise two, Charles is a human, right? Okay. Therefore, Charles is mortal. 
that, that that's a basic you know logical syllogism right. it, you know premise one premise two conclusion all right okay. so when you get information in you can break it down into its premises look at the conclusion and see if it actually follows or not but first what you need to find out is are the premises true Right. So are humans mortal? As far as we know. Yeah. Are you a human? As far as we know. So far. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the capability to die. You're, yeah. you're, you're mortal. So that, that, that's a basic way to look at logical syllogisms. It can get a little bit more complicated when you're getting a lot of information at once. But then there's a couple of things that you can say and still maintain your integrity. One, slow down. Let's talk about this a little bit more in depth. You don't have to let somebody railroad you with information and then allow them to consider themselves to be true just because you didn't give a response. There's nothing wrong with taking your time to process information. Yeah. Um, another really important one that I think people miss out on is I don't have enough information to have an opinion on this. And I think that's a beautiful thought. Yeah. It's okay not to have an opinion on everything and i know that people tend to in conversation try to they try to have an opinion on everything you somebody will tell you a story and then in your brain you're trying to find a story that is somewhat connected to that one so that you can tell it back because that it gives you that feeling of being connected i guess there you go i'm all over the place today i blame it on the lack of sleep sleep deprivation is a monster uh (laughs) and i just talked about how philosophy helps you explain things better (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it does. And here's the thing. I am absolutely not a professor. I'm not an expert. I'm not, I, I, I do not want to be anybody's go-to guy on this information. The, the way that I view it, like I said, I don't think that my voice is important enough to be the loudest. I would just like to be able to start these conversations because I enjoy having them with people. I think that they're important um, I think that these concepts are important for people to take in and implement into their day-to-day lives. Uh, but I'm, I'm not your go-to guy. You know, I, I just want to be another voice, getting the information out there. If you're interested, I hope that you are and you should be, go look this information up for yourself. There are going to yeah. be people that can explain it way better than I can that will help you develop a better understanding of it. I just want to be the intro. I'm philosophy 101, but I'm the lazy professor that comes in with a videotape of smarter people (laughs) to then explain it to you. That's how I'm going to view this. There you go. Um, And I just think it's important for me not to try and have an ego about it because I'm going to make mistakes with this as well. And so I'm not trying to do the cop out of, you know, if I say something wrong, then, you know, it's not important because it is important if I say something incorrect and I do my best to try and, you know, alleviate all of those issues but i just think that it's important that i'm not your go-to guy for this stuff please go out and research this stuff you can go on youtube and find people that are going to be able to explain these far better than i can right uh if you go on and do not let the title of his channel turn you off all right but atheist debates by matt dillahunty if you don't want to listen to the atheist stuff don't But what you should listen to are his videos on philosophy. He is way better at all of this than I am. He's a great source of information. And if you listen to him and you don't like him, there are other people that you can go listen to. But one thing that you should always do is when you do go to these people, you find their videos, you listen to their podcasts and everything, 
if they don't say the same thing of, hey, I shouldn't be your go-to guy, it's a little dishonest in my opinion. Because it's one thing to put your views out there and everything. It's another to come from a place of authority if you're not actually an authority on the subject, which is a logical fallacy. It's the argument from authority. If you cite someone as an authority and they're not, that's that's a logical fallacy. So we'll talk about that one later. So yeah, uh, that's a lot of rambling for saying I'm not as smart as what, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm um, not trying to be the smart guy, is, is <laughs> I, what I'm saying. I like the way you explained it, though, because um, honestly, before we started talking about doing this podcast and everything, I honestly had no idea all of this was out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you you put the you put the worm in my ear, and I started looking stuff up. Uh, but it, but it's interesting and it's fun, and I like the different perspectives on how you can look at things, how you can think about things, and you know come to a better conclusion. Yeah, and hopefully a true one, right? Because <laughs> it's one <laughs> thing to get to a conclusion; it's another thing to get to the right one, right. Or, or at least the the best model of one there that we go. can get to yeah. if we're going to take the scientific method. But yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I love philosophy. Like I said, you don't have to go into the deep dives. You can stay at surface level and improve your ability to think on any subject at all. Yeah. You know, you'll be able to look at it. You can break it down using the laws of logic um, and you can determine it to be true or not. The The part that allows it to get convoluted and, and more complicated is knowledge to me at least, and I think a lot of people can accept this definition, is justified true belief. So I believe something. I've become convinced of something, right? I, mm-hmm. I can show it to be true, and I'm justified in believing it because it's true. Right, something that you can actually know. Yes, the, the it's the justified part yeah. that gets people in trouble mm-hmm. because we can, be conv- we can become convinced of things for bad reasons, right? You, you can be convinced of something that isn't true, simply because someone gave it to you in a way that convinced you that it is true. And then your justifications for continuing to believe that could just be bad. And unfortunately, that's subjective. Now, we can try and get it as close to an objective as possible, but that's you know where people tend to gr- disagree on what level of evidence something requires and what actually you know can be designated as good evidence or sufficient evidence and... But that's why these conversations, I think, are so important is because we can break it down to those levels and see where it is that we're differing on something. Like if we disagree on something, we can actually break it down and find where that disagreement actually is and see if we can come to, you know, some sort of compromise. Maybe one person changes their mind. Maybe both people change their mind. It just all depends on how well the conversation is had. Um, And I think a big part of that is civility. Now, if you're being aggressive, nobody's going to care. It's yeah, you got to keep it from escalating. Yeah. Um, and it leads back to uh, how you were saying you can pause the conversation, you know, take a breath, think about what you're going to say, and that kind of de-escalates anything. Yeah, because so like one of the things is a lot of times when people start having, the, you know, these bigger, deeper, heavier conversations is we live in an age of instant gratification. They want an mm-hmm. answer now. Right. And so people feel pressured to try and have the conversation, even if their, you know, level of understanding or knowledge on the, the subject is insufficient. And so then you, you get people basically talking out of their ass. And that's dangerous. <laughs> because, I mean, it, it's dangerous yeah. because, for one, you're going to end up very likely saying something that you don't even believe to be true. 
Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I, I agree just to end the conversation. No, that's dangerous because you're reinforcing their belief. If you disagree or feel that you disagree, there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I need to do some more research on this so I can't give you an opinion. And that frustrates people almost as much <laughs> as telling them, I don't know. And I love doing that because, you know, people, well, where did the universe come from? I don't know. Right. Like, I, I, I've, n I've no clue. There's some people out there that have ideas, but they're way smarter than I am. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to wait around yeah. until we get an answer. And if it doesn't come in my lifetime, it's not going to bother me on my deathbed. Right. I feel like in that moment, I'm going to have more important things to worry about or yeah. not worry about. I finally get to go to sleep forever. Oh, God. It sounds so <laughs> nice. So nice. So, yeah. Um. That's kind of why I think that philosophy is so important. I think that, you know, a lot of people are lacking critical thinking skills. And it's not to say that people are dumb. I don't think that people are dumb. I think that people are busy. Mm -hmm. I think people are distracted. It, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with their level of intelligence. Um, it has more to do with how important being true and accurate is to the person. And that's not to mm -hmm. say that they're dishonest or liars. It's people no. are busy. Yeah, things are changing and time is moving so fast that it's it's easy to get caught up in that. Yes, because <laughs> um, well, on the flip side of people wanting an answer, people tend to feel like they have to have an answer. Mm -hmm. And so whenever something happens, you know, they'll immediately jump online and get a little bit of information on it, and then, bam, I have an opinion. Now I'm going to jump on Facebook and talk about this. <laughs> and that causes a lot of problems. You know, whenever right. there's a, a police shooting, you it, instantly, within minutes, mm -hmm. people are online arguing about who's at fault, what happened, you know, who should go to jail, why they should <laughs> get and, and, and look. Some of those cases, yes, people should go to jail. You know, there have been times where people don't get punished for things that they should get punished for. That's not my concern. My concern is it just happened. You weren't there. You cannot have all of the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Stop acting like you are an authority on the situation. Yeah, most people will just see like a small video clip and... Uh, don't get me wrong, video can be very convincing, but it's a small clip. And it's all about angles. Whole and true. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're right. You, just because you're seeing something on video doesn't mean that A, it's real, um, or yeah. B, that you're seeing the entire situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it just it, it bothers me so much when something happens and then immediately we have a billion experts on social <laughs> media telling us what we should believe. No. Because there's going to be an investigation. Well, yeah. Then people are like, oh, you don't know the investigation's going to be done right. They could be hiding shit. And yeah, yeah, they that could. Mm -hmm. They could. But where I'm coming from, even a, even a shoddy investigation is going to provide me more information than someone typing on Twitter. Mm, who, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, by the way, is only getting their information from these shoddy investigations. They weren't there. The, yeah, their, exactly. only, their only source of information is coming from other people that weren't there or were there but talked to people that weren't there, and then you're getting the information because you're getting your information from the police department and the news media. 
why, <laughs> why do you think that you're so, somehow an authority on this? That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you implement some critical thinking skills, it's like, hey, I don't have enough information on this to have an opinion yet. I should wait. And that exactly. bothers people. They, they feel like they either need to be able to convince people immediately or they need to have an answer immediately. And there's nothing wrong with taking the time to get better information, process it correctly, and then come out with a, you know, a more solidified perspective. That's another one of the things that bothers me and why I think that it would be important for people to learn philosophy. But I also think that going back to teaching it at a younger age, I think one of the reasons why we struggle with education here in the United States, because I'm not going to speak on other countries. I didn't go to get an education there. I got my education here. In this day, and for a while now, we've been educating our children in a manner of supplying them with information. We don't really teach them how to learn. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, 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 the major staples of why our education system is failing. You know, we, we give them a bunch of facts or what we consider to be facts. And we say, hey, memorize these. Yeah. And then I'm going to give you a, a stack of questions and I want you to answer them. And then we're going to base your level of intelligence off of that. Yeah. Forgive me when I say go fuck yourselves. <laughs> intelligence to me is far more malleable than that. People yeah. learn in different ways. People grow in different ways. And this standardized testing system that our education system seems to be so fond and proud of is an incredible disservice. You're going to have different levels of comprehension skills. You're going to have different levels of reading skills. But, you know, I I look at someone like, you know, I've got a brother. He can barely read a book, but he can take your car apart down to every single nut and bolt and put it back together. People see him not be able to read a book and they think stupid. They see him only do the car thing and they think genius. Right. Perspective. Yeah. There's no way that you can take someone like him and then someone like me where I can work on my car, but I sure shit can't take it apart bolt by bolt and put it back together. Mm-hmm. And I read tons of books. Mm-hmm. I love it. Perspective. There's no way that you can take two people uh, at those differing levels and then say, oh, we have a standardized test that it equally fits both of you. Because I'm going to call bullshit. Right, there's nothing standard about that. Yeah, because if we're just reading books, <coughs> taking information out of them and answering questions, I'm always going to score better. That doesn't tell you anything about his overall level of intelligence. And that's one of the things that really bothered me growing up in school was because the school system treated him like crap for something he had no control over. <laughs> and then they wanted to give me little ribbons. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, it, it bothers me. It bothers me. So if we took a different perspective towards education at a younger age and we taught children how to learn, but then we encouraged them to move forward with what excited them, like what actually got them excited to learn. Because, you know, if, if, if you had taken us, you know, way back in the day, then he, he would have run to shop in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I would have run to the library in a heartbeat because those were the things that got us excited. He loved building things. And I loved learning as much as I possibly could about as many things as I possibly could, which can be a problem. (laughs) 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 When you're that eager to take in information, you tend to Mm -hmm. jump subject to subject to subject to subject. And 
So I, you end up becoming an expert in nothing, yeah. um, but very opinionated in everything. And that mm-hmm. can be dangerous. So yeah. uh, th- I do like the fact that's why I try and take the ego out of it as much as possible. So, yeah, we, we need to teach children how to actually learn rather than just giving them a bunch of facts and information and saying, hey, now you have an education because it's not true. Um, so moving away from philosophy, because I think that we're kind of just beating that to death now. I mean, <laughs> I, I could go way more in depth, but like I said, I don't think it's important that you have to do the deep dives. I think if you just look at it on a base level and you just dip your toes in, you can improve your critical thinking skills to the point that you can take in information better, you can give information better, and you can go about your day-to-day life with whatever activity you're involved in, you can improve yourself on. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just encourage, do a little bit of studying. That Pretty takes much. us to the other thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode, which is epistemology. So there, there okay. are basically four branches of philosophy. You've got logic, which I talked about a little bit already. Mm-hmm. You know, the logical absolutes, which I'll go over those at the very end, because although they seem to be incredibly confusing for most people, I am one of them because sometimes I'll think about them and I'm like, wait, what? It's also a very simple concept. So I'm going to save that one for the very end. So you've got logic, like I said, the logical absolutes, being able to put something into a logical syllogism to, you know, see if the conclusion truthfully follows from the premises. You've got ethics which is kind of where you get into morality and, you know, why you should do things, why you shouldn't do things such as that. You've got metaphysics. Uh, It's my least favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Still worth looking into, I guess. But I I think I can honestly say of the of the four, it's my least favorite. Um, And then the fourth is epistemology. So that's the branch of philosophy concerned with knowledge. Essentially, the basic way of describing epistemology is how you know what you know. It's the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion. So like what we were talking about, what you actually know versus Mm -hmm. something that just happens to be your opinion. Because like I said, my, my description or definition of knowledge would be justified true belief. I need to be convinced of it because... I don't know it if I'm not convinced of it. It needs to be true, and I need to be able to justify why it's true. So epistemology is important because... So when we were talking about philosophy and your critical thinking skills of being able to take in information better, people tend to have a preference of how they get information, and that's where epistemology comes in. So the way that you... The way that you search out knowledge, the way that you, you know, develop how you know what you know. So you've got older people that grew up in an age of journalism. They read the newspaper. They watch the news. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that tends to be where they get most of their information. You've got the younger generation that don't care about the newspapers and the news because, mm-hmm. you know, they've grown up in this age of distrust, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And they get... They go out and they look for information on the internet. Now there are downsides to that because you still have people who are going to take that one tidbit mm-hmm. and run with it forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's where epistemology comes in is where you're sourcing your information from. You've got people that religion is their entire epistemological worldview. I don't know if that's a word, but I like saying nice. it. Like, uh, <laughs> So, you know, you, you have your theists. They're going to go to their holy texts. They're going to go to, you know, their religious leaders and everything. And they're going to filter every bit of information within the world and reality through that. All right. Mm-hmm. Then you've got secularists, you know, they're not necessarily atheists, but you've got secularists who are going to 
some of their information may go through, you know, their religion or they'll take it and they'll put it through other filters. But we all have filters that we, you know, run information through. Um, so it's important to be able to identify that for yourself because some people just don't think about it. Right. So if you can identify those filters, you can then source those filters. You know, you can research yeah. them. You can get some history on them. You can find out how reliable they actually are. Um, so when you're thinking about your epistemology, you need to look at where you're getting the information from, what filters you're running that information through, and to get better at those two things, you implement philosophy, philosophical study, you put in logic, you put in ethics, you know, the four of them tend to work together. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really use just one of them or you will fail. You, you need the entire structure to be able to get to the end of the, to the, end of the road, basically. Okay. Um, so I think it's important for epistemology, like I said, know where your information is coming from, know what filters you're putting them through, and then see if you're actually okay with that. What do you mean? So, a lot, like I said, a lot of people don't really think about it. And, you know, they'll, they'll read online. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Facebook is horrible about this because they just throw articles on your feed. Oh, yeah. All right. And so if you're scrolling through Facebook and then, you know, you read just the headline of an article, because that, that's another problem. People don't even read the full article <laughs> anymore. They just read the headline. <laughs> so you read the headline of an article and then let's say you don't really think too much about it and then you just move on. But then later... You know, you hear you get involved in a conversation that is, you know, on that topic. That's all you have to pop up into your head is the the, the title of that article. Yeah, you know that is your level of knowledge on it. And then, like I said, some people feel uncomfortable not having an opinion, so then they're going to formulate an opinion to join in the conversation, and they're working off the title of an article that they randomly saw on Facebook. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's how sure. bad information spreads because. Incorrect information apparently spreads six times faster than the truth. Wow. That's horrifying. That is. (laughs) That should be absolutely terrifying to anybody that cares about the truth. And so if, if you're one of those people that don't necessarily stop and think about where you're getting your information from, then you can take the time to put an effort into sourcing information from better areas or, or better providers. The other part of that is, you know, what filters do I run that information from? Because we all have biases. Uh, We can't escape them. So if you can acknowledge what they are and you can kind of take the time to pinpoint where you come from as far as how you formulate your opinions and knowledge and everything else like that, where your filters are. uh, Because, like, okay, so I, I realize that I tend to take everything back to religious you know discussion and everything like that but it i I have a lot of religious friends the reason why we get along so well is because not every single thing that they hold in life is filtered through their religion they have their religious beliefs and then they kind of have their worldly beliefs i guess is a way to say it and so with everything not flowing through that religion, it's easier for them and myself to be able to make a connection on that information. Because obviously anything being filtered through your religion, I'm going to find a little bit suspect. I don't think that, Mm -hmm. you know, holy books written thousands of years ago really help us understand the scientific discoveries that we're making now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because they're, they're based more on faith than science. 
Yes. And you're going to have people try and tell you that, you know, the, the Quran and the Bible can be scientific as well. Sure. They have things in them that could be, you know, considered scientific fact. That's not going to help us understand quantum physics now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Not everything should be filtered through your religion. I think, um, you know, people tend to filter more of the ethical decisions through their religion because that's their moral foundation. Um, I don't think that a lot of religious people take any everything else in life. You know, they're not going to watch the news and be like, what does the Bible say about this? There are obviously mm-hmm. some people that do, but I don't think that most religious people watch, a, you know, a, watch the news or read an article or something and then immediately go to the Bible and try and figure out what it meant. Um, and so that, that's what I'm talking about where, you know, figuring out what your filters are and everything like that. I think it's important. You know, you've yeah. got to know how you're getting your information, how you're source, like how you're sorcering it, how you're sorcering it, <laughs> sourcing it. Man, these episodes are going to be rough. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I apologize, that's... everybody. I did not sleep. It, like I said, the, the schedules lately, the time constraints that I'm normally under are insane. And when the holidays come around and things have to change even more, it's just at the level of what I would consider to be bizarre. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to focus on a day-to-day on in uh, just embarrassingly low levels of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything gets kind of crazy around the holidays. Yeah, and the reason yeah. why I say embarrassingly like low levels of sleep is because I can somewhat function on four to five hours, but when I get less than that, Every, I feel like everything I say is just embarrassing because I can't, <laughs> I can't formulate my thoughts properly, which is why a lot of what, you know, every, everything that we go over will eventually have as a group discussion, oh, yeah. you because know, I'd like to be able to get, you know, John and Brennan and Troy, like I'd be able, I'd like to be able to get everyone's perspective on it. But I figured, mm-hmm. you know what, with this, with the, with the scheduling being as crazy it is and not everyone being able to make it or pretty much no one being able to make it, right. I was like, I'll, I'll take this time to kind of discuss things a little bit. Maybe I'll ramble. Maybe I won't. Hopefully you'll find it enjoyable. Maybe it'll encourage you to go do a little bit of studying for yourself and figure these things out. And hopefully the final step would be implementing it into your day to day life. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. So, yeah, that pretty much covers philosophy and epistemology on a basic level. Just it's important to know your critical thinking skills to be able to process information and be able to give information. But epistemology, it's important to know where your information is coming from and what filters you're using to understand it. Um, Because you've got to be able to decipher what you should consider to be knowledge and what you should just consider to be opinion. Um, But then the overall ethical thing for you to take away from this, if we want to throw in a third one there, Um, Mm -hmm. would be that it's perfectly okay to not have an opinion on something that you have insufficient knowledge of. It's perfectly fine to tell someone in a conversation, I don't know enough about this to agree with you. I don't know enough about this to disagree with you. I'm, I'm perfectly fine listening to what you're saying, but I cannot give you any feedback really because I just don't know enough about this subject. There's nothing wrong with being able to say that. So, and and on the flip side, there's nothing wrong to hear that. So if you're talking to somebody and they give you that back, don't be upset about it. Right. You know, acknowledge the fact that they're being the most honest with you that they possibly can. And if you Mm -hmm. care about the truth, you should appreciate that more than having a conversation. There's also nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'll research that and then not doing it. 
I always <laughs> encourage learning. If you have an opportunity to learn, I say go for it. But I have met people where they'll like throw something real wild out there. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 man, yeah, totally, man. I'll, mm, oh, yeah. What's that mm-hmm. video? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Case in point, uh, this was maybe about six months ago. Um, and it kind of goes back to the other episode where, you know, uh, we were talking about race here in America. Um, and John was kind of talking about how, you know, it's in those dark corners and it's not. Mm, yeah, and then yeah. I kind of jumped in and I was like, it's everywhere. Right. Um, I, I didn't mean to be like fear mongering on that. Like it's not every <laughs> second. Of it. Well, I mean, if, if you want to look at the overall perspective, it probably is. But <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not something where it, it's saturated throughout the culture. Most people, you know, in a day to day setting are decent human beings. Right. Yeah. Racism is still a daily issue. The reason I bring that up is because I think this was about six months ago at two o'clock in the morning. We stopped somewhere. It was on our way out west. So it was either New Mexico or Arizona. So we stopped and uh, I I wanted to get something to eat. So I go into this this truck stop area and I go into the restaurant and I order my food. There's only one other customer there. We strike up a casual conversation, talking about traffic, talking about weather, talking about traveling. In the middle of this pleasant conversation, out of nowhere, he goes, hey, by the way, I just wanted to let you know I'm a card-carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. Whoa. I had no idea what to say in that moment. So I said, okay, bye. Yeah. And then he was like, no, 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 no. We're not as bad as everyone makes us out to be. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to hear him out. Yeah. Because that's a great that's, way to get my attention. That's a hard hey, to... I'm in the clan, but I'm a great guy. Yeah. Oh, he showed me the card. He was proud. Very proud. Uh, most of them are. I mean, it, like, <laughs> he, because like I said, it was two o'clock in the morning. We're both kind of sluggish and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he got that out, he was standing taller. Like his shoulders mm. were a little bit broader. Like, yeah. like this gave him energy. Um, wow. and, and like I said, immediately my first reaction was, okay, I got to go. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as he, he tried to, you know, immediately justify that, you know, the perception of the clan isn't what it you know actually is. I was like, I got to hear this out. So we talked for a little bit and everything. Um, and here's the thing. I know about the clan. Like, mm-hmm. like, this isn't just information I've never heard before. Right. So I was like, you know, he, he wanted to go into the founding of the clan. And this is not about to become an episode about the Ku Klux Klan. Jeez, but he wanted to talk about the founding and he wanted to talk about how the government was using them to, you know, create this perception. And yeah, mm. basically he was making the clan out to be the victims in all of this. Like historically, he they went, were victimized. He went and full on conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, it was it okay. was bizarre. <laughs> so where I thought that I was going to get, you know, I mean, obviously it was an interesting insight, but mm-hmm. I stuck around because I was like, I, this is an opportunity you really just don't get. Yeah. Um, you know, especially from an organization that runs around in hoods, they don't openly, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> Hey, I'm over here. Um, <laughs> forgot my costume at home. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so I stuck around because I, I, I thought that maybe I was going to have an interesting conversation. Um, not that, you know, I'm justifying it or anything else like that, mm-hmm. but you'd be 
it'd be ridiculous to say that this wouldn't be an interesting conversation. And it, and yeah. it, it was, but it just, it had no real substance to it because like I said, he just victimized himself and the group and, and, and all of this. And I forgot why I even started telling this fucking story because I just started remembering him too well. What, what, um, it what? was about leaving a conversation with the oh, intent yeah. to research. And then not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could totally see that. <laughs> Sorry. I've just got his fucking voice in my head now. Like he just, he lives in my brain. That's how uh, weird this situation man, was. I can imagine someone showing So yeah, at the end, he, like I said, he was telling me all these things about how, you know, they took advantage of the clan and just made them out to be the villains and the monsters mm-hmm. and all this. And he was giving me sources to go and look up his version of history. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're right. I just walked away. And I didn't say you're right in the sense that he was right about his political and social views. I said you're right as in I should go look it up. I I want to make sure I get that distinction out there. And and so basically I told him, of course, I'll go look up all this information and give you the opportunity to have planted a seed to change my Go fuck yourself. I'm not changing my mind yeah, about no, the clan. No way. And so it is okay to maintain the level of civility to agree to research and then you just don't have to do it. So there, there mm-hmm. is, to me, there's a level of intellectual honesty there. So yeah, you know, like I said, that's a little bit about philosophy and epistemology and where I'm coming from on it. This is the outro.